the fact that while things are still present in their newness as individually existing entities, not represented as representatives of the category, they belong to the right hemisphere, can be seen in the light of this distinction between the living and the non-living, since as they become overfamiliar, inauthentic, and therefore lifeless, they pass to the, to the left hemisphere. And that's sort of the you know world of the video game where you know you can think about, you know, certainly in my generation, I think we've all, you know, played a fair number of games where you get a new game, you pop it in, and it's this, you know, amazing new atmospheric experience or, you know, whatever you want to say. I think for me, maybe you, you think about like playing Metroid Prime, uh, you know, which is the first 3D Metroid game, had great creepy music, um, you know, and was really suspenseful and is a sort of like exploration shooter uh, dealio. Um, and, um, you know, that's really cool, but you know, and, and this is not true, you know, not just of, you know, individual games, but after playing enough video games, I think you sort of start to start to see it's all the same thing, really. Like, you're no longer getting kicked immediately to the right hemisphere to experience a new system or a new process to learn. As you learn all the game's control schemes, uh, the similarities between all these video games that are being made, you know, you start each time, each new game, you start closer and closer immediately to the world of the left hemisphere. And that sort of, you know, infects your perspective on the way that you, you know, are influenced by the game or the way that you perceive the game, you know, and, and immediately you might start to do, you know, more bizarre things where you treat the game world as something that is, you know, not real. You might do something, you know, ridiculous in the game, as often people do, because it's a video game, uh, you know, whereas, you know, perhaps in your first experience, where you're still becoming acclimatized, you know, it's best to treat it, you know, as the real deal. And that's where you get that feeling of like, oh, this is a cool, authentic experience. So, you know, it's a real conflict that comes, you know, and something that's like that I've been personally obsessed with because, you know, video games have been a big part of my life. But, you know, I read this book and uh, it gave me the, the tools to sort of see, you know, this is connected to this whole part of my mind that, you know, I'm already kind of getting overstimulated from all these cultural and environmental factors, you know, and that's not even to say this sort of like abstract connection. You can think about the analogy I made initially about um, almost like video games and pornography, right? You think about pornography as this deficient understanding of the sexual experience. You can think about video games as perhaps a, a deficient understanding of, you know, let's just say, for example, fighting a war. I can't ever say I've shot somebody, but I've shot plenty of people in a video game. You know, what does that say about, you know, sort of that desensitization process that happens there? And so, you know, at some point, that sort of uh, cognitive dissonance maybe forces you to think, you know, is this really what I should be doing with my time? And and that's something that I've been grappling with for the past, you know, five years since I've read the book. And, you know, that's I think that sort of thing is where the book really becomes very useful. 